All right, welcome to the Axiom Podcast. This is episode 62. Today, we're going to be talking about becoming a charitable business owner. So we have with us Joey Brandon. Hello, Cameron. And uh, I think I've already said this once today, but I'm excited to be in the co-pilot seat with you and and looking forward to uh, spending some time with our guests today. Yeah, absolutely. And excited to try to follow in your footsteps. I'll do the best I can. But even more excited to have our special guest with us today, David Parsley. He is the Senior Relationship Manager at the National Christian Foundation of Tampa Bay. We're super excited to talk with you and going to let you get in a, uh, in a second, just explain more about you know, who you are, what you do, and, and more about NCF. But I'll just say this before you jump into it. I've known David for years now, and he's just an incredible guy, really has a heart for generosity and, and just loves serving people, especially people who are curious in how they can grow um, in their giving journey. And so, David, take it away. Tell us more about yourself, and let's go from there. Well, first and foremost, uh, Cameron and uh, Joey, thanks for inviting me and I love the uh, the podcasts, and uh, I've listened to a lot of the past uh, broadcasts, and it's um, great content for business owners. And really, that's our that's our area of, of focus as well as helping business owners be good stewards of what what they're growing and doing in their lives and their businesses and their families. So uh, it's it's a joy to be a part of this um, podcast, and we appreciate that opportunity. Well, thanks for being here. Um. Well, we, um, my background is, uh, as of 16 days ago, I'm the proud grandfather of a fifth grandchild. That's, <laughs> Congratulations. That's, that's, that's awesome. the biggest news on the, uh, yeah. horizon. uh, grandson was born and just spent a week in Birmingham last week, taking care of him and been plugging into the, the three grandkids in Birmingham. So awesome. I digress, but that is priority. So, uh, <laughs> Giving them a shout out. I like That's it. That's right. Well, um, I, I have, you know, my wife and I were blessed with three kids and uh, now five grandkids and uh, growing that side of the life and how God's blessed us there is uh, really a big part of who I am. But the uh, from a, a sales career, I got, a, I got an economics degree in college and uh, applied that by going into sales. <laughs> and so I've been in sales and marketing uh, most of my career and technology and consulting. And the, um, the pivot uh, I made, uh, thankfully, to NCF is uh, about 13 years ago. Um, I had never heard of what a donor advised fund was. And typically in a couple's uh, in a marriage, one or the other uh, tends to own the uh, the checkbook and the tracking and the tax prep. Mm-hmm. That would be me in our case. And when I found out of, uh, what a donor advised fund could do f- to simplify uh, the, the, the charitable tracking and handling of your charitable giving, uh, I'm pretty self-centered. And I said, well, I can harvest five hours of grunt work of chasing receipts and all that good stuff for uh <laughs> Uh, and that could become a 30-second printout at the end of the year if I used a donor advice fund. That sold me on it. So uh, so through my uh, last 13 years, my wife and I have been using a donor advice fund. We call it a giving fund at NCF to simplify our giving. So um, as I my career progressed um, in sales and marketing then into consulting, I really... Um, 
uh, felt uh, the desire to be a part of a team that was bigger and making a, a bigger impact and using my relational skills because um, since birth, I've been a relationship manager. Uh, I was <laughs> born into a family. I have nine siblings. Oh my gosh. And, uh, I'm number six. At, that could be a podcast in itself. <laughs> uh, I'm number six out of 10 kids. And it, the, the year spans 11 years. So basically every year there was a child born in our family. Wow. That's so uh, I've been negotiating and interacting with um, relationship <laughs> management since I was born. So 61 years of experience as a relationship manager. Yeah, that's and awesome. It was a natural, uh, a natural segue when NCF in our Tampa office was growing and, and wanting to reach more and serve more folks that um, I was given that opportunity just over five years ago to join the staff at NCF. Hmm. Yeah, well, thank you for that background. We're going to use a lot of acronyms today. <laughs> so NCF, National Christian Foundation, yeah. and we're excited to learn more about donor advised funds, or we'll probably call them DAFs a few times. Um, that's just an amazing tool that business owners can get. But why don't we start? Tell us more about NCF, someone who has never heard about it. How would you explain it to them? I know you have a one-liner, so excited to hear that. And just, um, yeah, explain NCF to us and the small business owner that's listening. Well, uh, our foundation, NCF, um, we started in 1982, and kind of to distill it down, we we help individuals or business owners who typically put a lot of energy in developing a financial strategy, a financial plan, uh, and reap the benefits of that thoughtful process. Um, most people don't put this a similar amount of attention into a giving strategy, a giving plan. And as a result, you miss opportunities uh, to be more tax efficient in how you give and also have more capacity to give more and make more of a difference to support the charities and the ministries you care about. And that's what we do day in and day out is help people develop those giving strategies to put into place those plans so they can have more joy and opportunities to do more with what they have and bring their kids and grandkids into the mix and all those good things where the philanthropy can be a part of your life and make it a more full life. It's interesting. You talk about, um, as, as I heard, as I was listening to you talk about that, I wonder, I kind of thought of Dave Ramsey, right? Dave Ramsey has this, um, kind of like a, a platform, a structure, a framework for paying down debt. And it's not so much, he doesn't have necessarily a secret sauce for debt. There are some like tips and tricks and hacks that, you know, that that actually are maybe like on the technical side of how to pay down debt. But so much of what he does is about being intentional and driving behavior change. And when you're talking about, um, you know, strategies and, and, uh, and the things around whether it's donor advised funds or coming alongside a family, I can imagine where a huge part of the value to the people you're involved with is for the first time they have experts, true experts in giving and philanthropy, helping them build a plan. And I'm sure, like with donor advised funds, you, you alluded to some kind of cool benefits of ease of administration and not having a chase things down and just making life simpler 
and and there are also some uh, like you were saying some tax advantage strategies. But I'm wondering if 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 a lot of the benefit that you're seeing with people who get involved with NCF maybe in the early days and and they don't have um, maybe they're not ready to employ super sophisticated strategies quite yet until maybe the business sells or a piece of the business sells or something like that. But they're just like, wow, like for the first time in my life, somebody's actually talking to me about giving and giving me some pragmatic tools to make that more effective. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great observation. Um, you know, there's, the old saying applies, it's a proverb, you know, there's a wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously at Axiom, you know, you all bring to bear expertise and outside perspective to help people see things from a different view and put a plan in place to alter the trajectory. And that's similarly in, in our space in the area of philanthropy, generosity, you know, charitable giving. That's that's what we th- thoroughly enjoy doing. And we help Gosh, almost forty thousand families around the country do this. That's 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 crazy. When when you're talking about um, you know pretty much any area of your life, that that multitude of counselors thing kind of bears it. It brings to light some implicit accountability. So if I if I join a new gym and I start working out with the same people every day there's somewhat of an expectation, you know, or, or inward pulling, like, Oh, I've got to go, I've got to show my face or, you know, I'm going to let these people down. Uh, a lot of, you know, Cameron can tell you like the work that we do with clients, a lot of the value is us just being in the room and them knowing that, Hey, like we're, we've got these people here who we've asked to come help us. We actually have to do things that we've said we're going to do. Right. And so like <laughs> when they bring and you bring NCF in, now, all of a sudden, there's somebody else at the table looking at your giving, which is probably one of the more, you know, besides their CPA, who else knows what they give? You know, even, you know, they're, all the disparate groups, whether it's a church, you know, charity here, or charity there, nobody has kind of a full picture or very, very few people have a full picture. And you're part of what I would consider to be maybe like the, the people who know the most about the people you work with. Well, first and foremost, as you could, you would hope, and, and I can assure you that it's true, um, all that we do is held in strictest confidence. So um, we take that seriously. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, uh, if, if there's some positive uh, uh, accountability, and uh, we emphasize encouragement. Um, mm-hmm. Folks are not accountable to us. In, the, in that sense, I mean, we are not holding them to a contract or anything. Sure. We, we deal with people that come to us basically that have a heart to be smart about their giving, or they may not know what they could do better, but they have a heart to give. We're not heart converters. <laughs> uh, we're not going to try to uh, grab someone that has never given a penny to become generous. That's There's far too many people in our country that are generous and they just want to do it better. Yeah. So, but I, um, I don't want to f- communicate something where uh, this is a super intense, uh, sign on the dot. Give us or not, not at all. We, we just, wherever these folks are, the individuals or families, we, we say, Hey, where are you? What do you like doing? What are you passionate about? And, and as opposed to not, not criticizing a charity, you know, development officer, if you will, from a charity, they serve a great role and I, I applaud them. 
but we're not a charity that you give to. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a charity, yes, we're a foundation, but we're a somewhat of a pass-through foundation. You don't give to us, you give through us, through a donor advice fund that you would open inside of our foundation. Mm-hmm. So we, um, in a sense, if we're not on the opposite side of the table, you know, saying, hey, would you like to support us with a pledge this year? Right. You know, gift ask for a charity, which is a worthy ask. But that's not our role. We, we, we're, we're alongside on their side of the table, right? Helping advise them and encourage them and show them a better way to do things so that they can make more giving opportunities happen in their life. So, so just to clarify, if a business owner were to sign up for an account with NCF, David Parsley is not going to show up at the door on a monthly basis asking for a check, right? No, I, I, I gave up that tin can and, you know, hobo backpack. I, that, that's, that's long since. In my okay. Well, I'm excited to talk more about just some of the practical tools. We've mentioned donor advised funds a lot, and, and I want to get a little bit more into that. But before we do, uh, let's talk about just NCF as a uh, foundation first. I've heard it said it's the biggest nonprofit you've probably never heard of. So talk a little bit more about that. Where does NCF rank now as far as the biggest nonprofits in America and how much giving is going through NCF, through NCF Tampa, just uh, paint a picture of what that looks like. That's a, that's a, it's a fun story to tell because a, it's, it's something we uh, certainly give God credit for. Uh, You mentioned Joey earlier, Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of the uh, predecessor to Dave Ramsey is our two gentlemen, one who is still alive and very active and, and all kinds of things. His name is Ron Blue. And he started Crown Ministries, um, started Kingdom Advisors, mm-hmm. and he was one of the co-founders of NCF in 1982. And the other gentleman is Larry Burkett. And he's truly the predecessor of uh, Dave Ramsey, Christian Financial Concepts. And for those that are in my era, uh, Dr. Dobson at Focus on the Family uh, helped shape our our, uh, our minds and our hearts to uh, be better fathers and husbands. And Larry Burkett taught us from the Bible on how to run our business, how to balance our checkbook, how to stay out of debt, how to be wise with from the financial principles and God's word. So those two men were super influential, along with one other um, uh, expert tax and estate attorney, Terry Parker, who's still quite active with NCF. So those three gentlemen, Larry, Ron, and Terry, served a family in 1982 in Atlanta. They wanted to give a com- out of a complex asset, of, of like a real estate holding, to, to deploy a part of that asset charitably to give to Campus Crusade and to the Billy Graham Association. Hmm. That was turned down um, by this foundation in Georgia because of the destination of that generosity. So you just don't tell folks like Terry, Larry, <laughs> and Ron, and this family, no, that, that is not an acceptable outcome. So they felt that there was a compelling need for a foundation to be started that was Christian and national to serve families of, of all types of wealth levels. But in this case, a family that had an asset that they wanted to dispose of charitably to 
bless a charity or ministry they loved. So that's that was the genesis of NCF. And since, since 1982, uh, as we've grown, and we're in over 30 cities now, we have over 300 people full-time uh, working across the country, serving 40,000 families and individuals and nonprofits who use our services. So we have uh, exceeded um, across those years since 1982, over 17 billion with a B of, of giving, the way we help them think it through, structure and receive those gifts into our foundation, gifts of cash, gifts of businesses that people own, portions of them or the entire businesses even in some instances, or um, all kinds of assets crazy assets, uh, common assets, stock portfolio, gifts out of portions of those, all that flows into their donor advised funds within our foundation. So it's a charitable push of assets for good reasons and tax reasons and giving reasons. So that's a, that's an amazing uh, inflow right into our foundation of $17 billion. But our purpose is so that people can give it out, right? That's we're we're not here for assets under management and please build a, a a silo and have it sit here. We want it to go out to bless ministries, charities, whether it's clean water or food or Compassion International or their local church or all types of charities and ministries. You know, even you know secular. Uh, institutions like you know, University of South Florida or you know, UF in Gainesville, all you know, you can direct giving to um, all types of uh, charities and institutions. So we, um, it's a great uh, uh, flow of things, and over uh, sixty-three thousand charities have received grant checks from givers that have funds in NCF that go out the door. So that's a crazy, crazy number, uh, you know, having 17 billion coming in and 13 going out, but it's, it's just a privilege to do that. That's pretty neat. I remember my, uh, my dad was always the guy, he was a CPA and he was always the guy who got uh, tasked with teaching the Larry Burkett courses. So there was always a Larry Burkett book on a, a coffee table or a dining room table or a kitchen counter in my house where dad was getting ready to teach next Sunday's lesson. So that's neat to hear the story of those three guys getting together and doing it. You know, business by the book. Yep. This is, I had that big monster cassette deck. <laughs> I think, yeah, now that you say it, I think I remember seeing those as well. Well, that's awesome. And you mentioned, we mentioned it several times, the donor advised fund. So tell me how that comes into play. Let's say I'm a small business owner. Maybe I'm supporting 10, 15 different ministries, giving away, you know, 10,000 a year. And, uh, at, you know, at the end of the year, I'm having to track down all these receipts for my CPA, um, you know, trying to, trying to figure out where I gave what to who. So how does a donor advised fund help in that specific situation? Uh, great question. The donor advised fund is the technical word. That's the IRS code. It's donor advised fund. Um, at NCF, our, our foundation, we the folks we serve are givers, right? So we call it a giving fund. That's our vernacular. That's what I refer to it as often. But it technically it's a donor advised fund. So it's in a sense, it's a charitable checking account. And if individuals uh, 
open up a fund. It's no cost to open it up. Um, <clears throat> of, regardless of how much giving they do. Um, so if someone's uh, earlier on in their life and their career, and, uh, they can still use a donor advice fund. But as it scales up, you just have more benefit, more opportunity, more advantages of using it. But like my wife and I, <clears throat> Uh, we probably give to you know, well over 15 causes during the year, including our church. So by having a donor advice fund at NCF, we get to name it whatever we want, you know, partially family giving fund or whatever you want. You could say, I, I, I you know, I love charity fund. You can call it whatever you want. Um, but it, it's inside NCF and you log in on your computer, or on your iPhone, uh, super easy to use. You can set up recurring grants. Grant is an outbound check that you intend. It's like a charitable check that you want to send to your church or to a, a banquet you're going to, and you feel led to send a check to that charity. Uh, just open up your phone and you can initiate a check for X, X hundreds of dollars that you want to send out. So it's a super easy way to streamline your giving. And if you if you do all of your giving, out of your NCF fund as opposed to your checkbook and having to track all that, the checks and check it off and tally it up at the end of the year. If you do all your giving out of your NCF fund to all those 15 different charities, um, you have one place to go to say, did I give it? And you have one place to go at the end of the year to print out what did I do charitably this year and hand that to your accountant or when you do your taxes. So that's super easy, simplify, it simplifies your giving. But the, uh, the additional thing that really uh, appeals to most individuals and business owners is, is there a smarter way to give? So if I, let's say if I gave $10,000 a year to all these different charities, if you tallied it up, uh, wouldn't it make sense and wouldn't I wanna take advantage of it if it was easy and low cost or no cost? If instead of reaching into my cash pocket, i.e., you know, my the wages that come into my checking account and and fund my giving out of that pocket, what if I could reach into another pocket and give an asset, i.e., for instance, if you have stocks in a portfolio with Schwab or Morgan Stanley or whatever, um, and just f send a hundred shares of Google or whatever over to my NCF account and my shares have doubled. I bought them at 5,000, now they're worth 10. And if I just send those same 100 shares of Google or Alphabet technically uh, into my NCF account, all the gain in those stocks or you just give the stocks to your NCF fund. You don't sell them and then give because you have to pay capital gains tax as an individual on that upside that $5,000 gain in those stocks. So that's 20% of 5,000, right? That's a thousand dollars that you're going to send to uncle Sam. In this case, you've just the same $10,000 of value have been given into your NCF fund. Your cash is still sitting in your cash pocket, but all the gain in that stock, we receive those shares and then we turn around and sell them within days and we pour all that into your NCF piggy bank. And that, so that's $10,000-ish, depends on the market price that day. That's the, uh, that's the liquidity you need to support the checks that you're gonna send out. Same thing, right? Cash in, checks out. But 
by giving out of your appreciated stocks, you've zeroed out capital gains. And you can send that same $10,000 of cash to your stockbroker, your, your investment advisor, and say, get back in those same positions or rebalance my portfolio. And you buy new shares of the same thing or something else that makes more sense. And that's just wise ways of fueling your, your charity and rebalancing your portfolio. Hi, this is Joy Brannon. I want to take a quick time out just to tell you a little bit more about Axiom and the work that we do. We work with closely held businesses on strategic growth. What that means is that we come alongside the business owners, we help them get clear about where their business is going, and then we engage their leadership team to build plans for growth and then execute those plans. If you're a business owner and you're trying to grow or you're looking for future growth, or maybe you're just trying to manage the current growth that you have and you're looking for some help, you want somebody to come alongside you to give you the tools, to show you what accountability looks like, to build the skill set of your team so that you can step away from the business while it continues to grow, give us a call. You can find more information at axiomstrategic.com. So, so basically you're saying if I'm going to give, why not give in a more tax efficient way if I can? Why not save some money in taxes, you know, while I'm giving if, if the capability is there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're fortunate to live in the U.S. for 10,000 reasons. Um, one of the reasons that we obviously focus on is our tax code is extremely pro charity. But most people don't have the expertise or the time and to to maximize the tax code for their charitable goals. Um, it's, it's com- everything we're doing is right within the code. Just people don't know how to, in an easy way, take full advantage of that so that they can do more to direct more of their assets to the causes that they align with their values. Well, fortunately, we have our tax code expert with us today, and Joey. Um, so, <laughs> Joe, Joey, being a CPA, I, I'm excited uh, to have this next conversation because I want to pivot a little bit and talk about non-liquid gifts. So, specifically, that small business owner who you know they have a let's say a ten million dollar business, and they are giving out of their checkbook currently. Tell us a little bit more about what other solutions are available uh, to save in taxes. And uh, yeah, let's jump into that. I'm excited to hear Joey's thoughts, um, you know, coming from that CPA perspective. Just uh, I'm all ears, Joey, whatever you want to say. (laughs) I know enough to be dangerous, but we also have gift planning attorneys on staff who are the, uh, the true experts to help track with CPAs and sharp folks like you. Well, yeah, I'm a camera says tax expert. I might be a begrudging tax expert, you know, as a guy who tries not to do taxes, getting asked at every family gathering, Hey, you know, can you do my tax return? That's the, that's the part of uh, being a CPA that I think most CPAs don't like, but it is interesting. Uh, you know, talk for a second about, I, I think it's maybe easier for somebody to wrap their head around, um, potentially not the motivations, but maybe the mechanics of like give, gifting a business, right? Somebody's like, wow, why would you want to gift your whole business away? Yeah. And so we can talk about that, but also um, I think the idea of giving a part of your business is one of the things I heard you say earlier. And like, that's something that is is kind of foreign. Like, how can I give a part of my business? What does that look like? So kind of walk through those two scenarios and where you see those play out, what might be motivating one or the other. Yeah, well, 
We, um, <clears throat> this year, 2021, has been a record year, the pace that we're on. And uh, surprise, surprise, right? There's <laughs> there, the market's on a tear. Um, the recovery from COVID's very positive. Um, not not in all cases, and my heart goes out to those that are still struggling and hurting. I'm not insensitive to that reality. Um, but with and also with the looming changes in Washington in terms of the tax code, there are a lot of business owners that have um, their businesses have perhaps uh, appreciated a lot in the last few years, or they're just at that point in their career where they're looking at succession planning or exiting. And we've seen the pace pick up and those folks that have been thinking about exiting um, because of the looming pending changes in the tax code and um, where perhaps capital gains are, is going to double or, or whatever it winds up being to be determined. That's beyond my uh, crystal ball, but it's, it's definitely looking like it's happening in significant ways. So there are a lot of people are saying, how can I um, accelerate that and perhaps make a sale even this year and part or in whole of their business? So where NCF comes in, and we've been doing this for over 20 years, we've been helping business owners give a portion, a slice of their business perhaps every few years or just once. And then when the sale happens, there is for that portion that they've entrusted to NCF into their fund, uh, we're a charitable shareholder for a period of time. Uh, Non-voting rights, you know, we're, we, you know we, we're not running the business, we're not calling the shots, we're not determining salaries or anything like that. We're just, we're a charitable co-pilot for these business owners. And uh, there's just a com compelling set of uh, uh, advantages for these business owners who are going to, they don't need to, they don't want to enjoy every dollar of the sale of their business. They prefer to plan wisely and take the tax advantages and get the charitable flow by doing it ahead of sale mm. as opposed to after sale when you have to render under Caesar even more because of the, the way your business has grown and the capital gains and the profitability of that sale, there will be taxes. And that's fine. We live in a country. We need to pay taxes. But we also live in a tax code that is very pro-charity. And that's where NCF's expertise comes in, is helping these business owners and their advisors, their attorneys and their CPAs think it through and show them that Hey, we've been there, done that. We do over 250 of these transactions a year nationally. So we, we know we're not, this is not our first rodeo, so to speak. Yeah. And we handle it well so that it flows well. Um, the business owner is going to be comfortable with that. And at the end of the day, it's going to harvest a lot more in their donor advised fund for them to give out when the sale of those shares that they gave us in the first place turns into cash, NCF will have that cash in their donor advice fund. They get a bigger deduction by giving it in the first place and there's less or a, either a lower or a zero tax bite out of the portion that we own after the sale happens. So if I could uh, maybe throw a few numbers out and see if I understand the concept correctly, but let's say that uh, today I've got a business that that we do evaluation. It's worth say ten million dollars. I say I'd like to I'd like to take twenty percent of that 
and give it to NCF. And so if I were to just outright sell the business today and I got 10 million in proceeds, I'm going to have to pay taxes on my capital gains, including the 20% portion of the business that I wanted to give. So I'm not going to get necessarily 20% of the proceeds because I got to take taxes out of that before I give it. But I can give you guys 20% of my stock and no cash changes hands at that point, correct? So there's no cash transaction. Um, and I, But I do get a charitable contribution deduction in the year that I gift you the stock for 20% of the value of the company. Is that yeah, right so true. far? And then going forward, uh, if the business you know distributes dividends, then 20% of the dividend amount goes to NCF as an, a charitable owner. Is that correct? Okay. So then we get down the road and I go, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to, to move on to the next chapter. Uh, it's been a great run. I want to sell my business on the open market and I retain some, some folks to help me do that. And they go, great news. This company's now worth $20 million. And I go, well, well I only own actually 80% of the company. I got this 20% shareholder at NCF over here. So the two of us now have to, sh- to sell the company. And if it's a $20 million sale, NCF is going to get 20% of those proceeds or $4 million, and I'm going to get $16 million. And then I got to cover my taxes out of the $16 million because you know, I own that. But what you're saying is that the $4 million that NCF gets, that is, that's $4 million like with, without, without any bite taken out for taxes. Uh, depends on the type of entity. Okay. Uh, so there's some technical qualifications there that yeah. have to be checked. Our taxes, without a doubt, will be a whole lot less than what you would have paid if you personally owned that 20%. Okay. But if it, like, for instance, if it's an S-Corp, um, we, uh, the tax code says that if if charity is owning a portion of an operating business that's cranking out uh, UBIT, which is a technical term, um, then the charity owes the IRS some. Now, the way NCF is structured and given our uh, the flow, as you already have heard, there's a considerable amount of flow through NCF and the way we've optimized everything. Uh, we only pay 40%, so 60% savings off of the tax bill that we, a pr- pr- private person would pay off the S-Corp share. So we effectively, for capital gains in 2021, we pay a, an effective rate of 8%, wow. as opposed to 20, 24% uh, for the business owner. <clears throat> so that alone is a big windfall, right? That is a <clears throat> significant gain. It's whatever, 16 to 18% delta, right? Uh, on what, w- between what we have to give the IRS 8% versus what you would have had to have given like between 20 and 24%, 23%. Right. So that's a, that's a win on the slice, but you're right in that if it's a partnership, like if it's a real estate holding or if it's, it's just generating passive income, it's, it's not an escort. Uh, odds are strong that our portion is zero tax to the government. Wow. So it's an even more compelling gain for the family's philanthropic goals. Well, I, I would imagine uh, knowing as many small business owners as I do and their aversion to sending any amount of money to the U.S. Treasury, this is a pretty <laughs> compelling uh 
pretty compelling sales pitch to say, look, if you're charitably minded and you'd like a much bigger portion to go to charity, as opposed to having to split that amount between Uncle Sam and a charity, that's got to get some people's attention. Correct. Uh, not too many people have heartburn over that. Win-win. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's really, um, it's, it's a great story. And we, again, we help these small business owners, even if they're um, looking at just, uh, even if they're not going to be selling their company, a lot of times, and for succession planning, you're trying to bring up a uh, younger executive in the, in the uh, company to, give him or her an opportunity to buy some ownership interest. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's a scenario, let's say I'm the business owner and I give enough, I've given 5% or 10% of my shares to NCF over the last X number of years, just to create a good giving plan. Mm-hmm. And then um, here comes Cameron, who's this young uh, rising executive in my company. And I want to give, Cameron's shown me his potential, and then I would love to give Cameron an opportunity to buy into the company. Well, Cameron could actually make NCF an offer for 100 shares of Acme Company. Hmm. Um, Cameron works for Acme. I own Acme. And, you know, uh, instead of him buying it from me, Cameron can buy those 100 units of, of ownership from NCF at fair market value. So Cameron would then be owning those shares, we, we sell them to Cameron and Cameron can um, uh, buy those from us. And so he becomes an equity shareholder in his, the company. But what happens, Cameron is, is paying us, it could be on a note over eight years or something, but he is over time or with cash initially buying those shares from us. So NCF would no longer be the charitable shareholder of those shares. Cameron would own them personally and become an equity shareholder. But his payments of those of, of those shares would be going in to the original donors giving funds. So it's it's liquid, it's, you know, it's turning those shares, those paper shares of the units into cash for that donor, the original donor to give out to charity. That's a very interesting concept to have a business owner set up a donor advised fund, gift a portion of their company into the donor advised fund in stock. So there's no there's a cashless transaction. And then years down the road, have their next business partner buy into the company and create a liquid pot of money that the donor advised fund owner, the original business owner can then say, okay, here's the different charitable organizations we're going to bless as a result of this person buying into our business. That's that's a concept I've never, ever seen before. That's fascinating. It, it is thrilling. Um, and even if down the road, if the company pivots and decides to, um, for various reasons, if they did something like an ESOP and they wanted to go that strategy, well, if they gave a chunk of it first to NCF and the ESOP bought that chunk from us too, that's going to supercharge that uh original business owners capacity to do great things in the latter phase of their life as they enter into that ESOP phase. Yeah. But I want to go back to something that you said earlier that I think probably bears um, emphasis and uh, coming out of the CPA world and working with a lot of other CPAs, um, you're kind of bombarded with a, a constant stream of strategy, this strategy, that. 
And there's a lot of work that has to get a lot of time that has to go into discerning which ones are legit and which ones are kind of fringe and which ones could get you or your client in hot water with the IRS, which ones might land somebody in jail, which is, I mean, there, we're talking about a very, very small slice of the stuff that's out there that, that's that questionable. But I think, and what I've seen, I don't know, what I see, what I have seen and what I've talked to other CPAs about, uh, as a as an industry, as a profession in the tax prep world, we tend to be uh, the CPAs tend to be very risk averse, and it's like, well, if it's going to take me any time to try to figure this out, if it's going to take me any time to try to gauge the risk, I'm probably just going to say no. It's not worth the risk. And you you said, hey, we do like hundreds of these. We've done hundreds of these, and we've got them under our belt, and we've dotted all the i's and crossed all the t's. This is not a, there's not a risk equation here that the business owner has to be worried about so long as they follow the template that has been proven time and time and time again. And I, how often do you find, um, you know, are you having to win the CPOs over to, to get the, you know, to get them to tell their business owner, yes, I bless this because the, I mean, they are the, the person who's maybe been around for 20 years or so, and it needs their blessing. So how does, how does that, how those conversations work? And what would you tell business owners who might either reference this podcast to, to their CPA or say, Hey, what about donor advice funds? Or what about giving a piece of the business now? What would you, what, what kind of counsel would you give those business owners when talking to their CPA? Outstanding question. Thank you for uh, raising that because uh, we want to work in harmony with the team that got them to where they are. We, we are not a contrarian. Uh, we are not encroaching on any of their turf, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We just we just have we have our blinders on right into an area that most people don't. And uh, so we can add value um, to uh, to help. So we have um, nurturing, serving, educating, working with the advisor channel, attorneys and CPAs and wealth advisors is, is a third of how I spend my time for an example, because they are so important and we, we want to support them in serving business owners. Um, and if business owners, as they're listening to this, um, if it, piques their interest, uh, give us a call and we will be happy to uh, meet with them and their advisors or any of their team just to share examples, uh, talk through things. And we, not being overly confident, but as you can imagine, 250 plus of these complex transactions a year, uh, we, we can help cover a lot of ground and give them some assurance and talk tax code and reference how it what the IRS is looking for and, you know, what, what gets flagged because if you're not doing right. So we, we, we have that expertise so we can really calm their nerves a bit. Right. And give them assurance of how, how it should be structured. So we welcome that case in point uh, for any business owner, you're welcome to come as well, but you can share this little tidbit with your advisors. Um, uh, plan to give conference.com. So www.plantogiveconference.com. NCF, our office in Tampa Bay, we host an annual Plan to Give conference for advisors. It's a three hours 
of excellent content, three hours of CE, uh, CFP, CPE credit, CLE credit for attorneys. Um, so we host that every year with the express purpose of educating, building momentum with advisors so that they can speak into their clients' plans. And it's going to be uh, held at the Tampa Armature Works this year on November 3rd. So hate to be a crass promoter. No, that's great. Go to plantogiveconference.com and you can register and uh, uh, grab a, a single ticket or grab a table for key people. And, you know, that, that, that can certainly be a great tool for your any business owners and their advisors. Between now and then, uh, feel free to reach out to our office. And we have, we have, over, uh, we have 11 people on staff now just in our Tampa office. And uh, four of us are relationship managers. So we'd be honored um, to follow up with any business owner to walk through the possibilities, just encourage them and see where they are and loop in with their advisors. And um, it's a great way to follow up and um, just take it one step at a time. We're, we're in no hurry. We just want to help people take advantage and not look back and say, wow, I left all that on the table right. after closing and I could have had an extra fill in the blank to give charitably if I would have just done it in a different sequence. Yeah. It's interesting. You say you're not in a hurry, but I would imagine as this year progresses, there are going to be a lot of people calling you who are in one heck of a hurry to get yeah. things done before, before yeah. new tax law changes take effect or other, other shoes drop in terms of policy changes. The, the proverbial, um, uh, we're in fourth quarter mode, you know, because fourth quarter, as you can expect for someone like our, our team that's serving people that have a 1231 deadline mm-hmm. because of the nature of the you know, tax laws, uh, fourth quarter is busy season for us. That's when typically 70% of what we bring and conclude and wrap up happens. Uh, we are in fourth quarter mode for the first and second quarters of this year um we've already reached one billion in giving already has come in and that we usually reach that in september october so it is we are at a so i I encourage folks to call us now let's get some of these conversations happening sooner rather than later because as with anything right uh we'd rather have more time for you to thoughtfully uh consider that and get the get the pieces together and get your advisors on the page because we do want your advisors to be comfortable with this and we're not it's interesting too going back to a timing that's not a timing issue that's not related to tax policy or or uh, obtaining deductions i mean it is but it isn't but um i know from serving in different nonprofit boards and church finance committees there is this onslaught of giving in the, the last days of the year, as people try to, you know, chase down their tax deduction and pen down, what is my profit going to be next year? And what, what would the marginal tax rate be? And how much is this contribution going to save me? And those tend to be, we're not talking about like commitments to make monthly contributions. We're usually talking about lump sum, you know, either from profits from the business for the year or a transaction that completed. And then it, it strikes me that having a donor advised fund 
would be important and valuable because it allows me to separate the decision to give an amount of money from the decision about where to employ that money. And so the you know if, if you don't have a donor advised fund, and you and your CPA determine that hey like seventy five you've got the cash. You're charitably minded. Uh, you got seventy-five to a hundred thousand dollars that would would make a, a difference in your marginal tax rates. It's probably a great time to get it on the books this year. And they're like, okay, I got to give somebody a hundred thousand dollars. Who should you know? Should I give it to my church? Should I give it to to the Boys and Girls Club? Should I give it to you? Not you know, like where do I put this money? And those decisions made in haste. Um, I mean, the organizations are happy to have them. But even they are not probably going to get as engaged a donor when there's this rush to get things done at the end of the year. And, and the organizations that I've sat on, yes, they're appreciative for the money, but what they're also looking for are, are kind of true believers in their mission and people who will not just give, but will also advocate and be involved and be more active in, in the deployment of those funds. Um, sometimes not. Sometimes they want people to stay out of their business, but I, I see a, a big advantage there. And I'm I'm curious to hear if that is one of the motivating factors, or potentially one of the unforeseen but very much realized benefits after the fact of people who get in the habit of contributing donor advised funds. They find that the pressure is off at year end to decide where the money goes, and they can feel like they're being a little bit better stewards of where that money goes throughout the year. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point, Joey, and I I echo that a thousand percent. Um, we prior to having a donor advice fund, I faced that same pressure, right? It's all of a sudden, okay, I get a bonus in December, or things happen. Well, I want to be faithful about giving a certain percentage, and just because there's needs, and I want to respond. But then there's that stress of, okay, I got to make the decision, I got to put that stamp on it, and I've got to get a postmark. Mm-hmm. By 1231 and it's already Christmas, it's a busy week. It's it, it's adding this unnecessary stress point and uh, fast tracking on a decision that's important. So by giving into a donor advice fund, you're separating the tax event of getting the deduction. You just drop a check off or wire it or send it out of your checking account over to NCA, however you want to make that contribution. And as soon as it hits your NCF fund prior to 1231, you've you've gained that deduction. It's a smart move. And then you prayerfully figure out where do you want to grant it out in the months or years ahead. Mm-hmm. There's no um, timer that's, you know, the proverbial gun to your head. That's not there. So you, you can relax and pray and just figure out what do you want to do individually or as a family. And it's a great point. And what, there's joy in giving. It should be a stressful thing. In <laughs> right, right. And you're doing it to make a positive impact on organizations that reflect your values. The other, another point that I just want to raise for some folks out there, when they give charitably, um, they want confidentiality. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two, there's two levels of confidentiality or anonymity. Um, both are provided through a donor advice fund. One is, let's say I'm a member of a church and there's a particular campaign and and I just want to make this gift anonymous. I, I, I don't want them to know that I gave it to them. Or to a charity, um, another type of charity. Well, if you give out of your donor advice fund and you check the checkbox, make it anonymous, 
that charity will get a check from National Christian Foundation. It just won't show in the memo. It came from, you know, the David Parsley Family Fund or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would just be from NCF. Um, so they'd still be blessed by getting that donation, that contribution. But they they wouldn't know it came from me. The other part of the anonymity that people really enjoy, and this is only getting more important each and every year, is when you give all of your gifts that come out of your NCF donor advice fund to the world, uh, um, it's hidden in the sense of they don't, it's not, you can't query on the internet, who did David Parsley give to, right? Um, Because all of my giving is aggregated under NCF's name when NCF files their form 990 at the end of the year. Versus if someone queried, who did David Parsley give to? And they saw, oh, I gave $1,000 to to this children's charity or this water purification, you know, you know what, whatever type of ministry or charity. And all of a sudden their competitors are saying, ah, they're a prime prospect. Let me go solicit them. Mm-hmm. Or they're giving to something that I'm categorizing as whatever in in today's political climate it can get kind of dicey so if i get doing all your giving through your ncf fund you you're you're insulated from that level of uh it's it's more um invisible in that regard so it gives it gives people the joy of giving and not being solicited or harassed a bit by where they give to yeah hi this is devin dash at axiom strategic and we just want to take a moment to, to break in our episode. And first of all, just thank you for listening. And the second thing we want to inform you of is a special series that we're going to be doing where we want to answer your burning questions. If you're a business owner or you're a professional working for a business and you have a burning question um, that we can put our minds to and, and maybe help you, you know, think strategically about, do not hesitate to, to reach out to us. We're going to be putting together a string of episodes where we're going to be answering your questions. You can email us your questions at podcast at axiomstrategic.com or you can visit our website axiomstrategic.com, visit our podcast page, and there will be a form that you can fill out and get us your questions that way. I want to thank you again for listening. And now back to the episode. This whole conversation starts with the checkbox of being a generous giver, right? Like if you're not generous, then none of this makes sense. Um, but if you, let's say you're, you're curious about it, maybe you've started, um, you started on your giving journey. Maybe you're just very young in that journey. Perhaps your wife or your husband has been, uh, kind of pushing you to, Hey, we need to give away more. We need to be more generous as a family. You might be a little hesitant. You're just wanting to grow, wanting to develop in your generosity. Tell us about some resources. And this is kind of a leading question, obviously, because I know the partnership with Generous Giving and, and uh, but would love to hear just what is available to really anybody who is curious about growing in their journey of generosity. Absolutely. That's an excellent question, Cameron. The, um, yeah, you know, NCF focuses a lot on the how, right? How to give wisely. And, and we help people execute that plan and develop that plan. But the heart, you know, the, the excitement and the motivation to give um, is uh, is encouraged in, through a number of ways. One is um, through uh, the generous giving uh, and generous giving 
looking it up real quick. It's dot, I always forget if it's dot com or dot org. It's dot org. Um, Generous Giving is um, a wonderful uh, ministry that encourages people from a biblical perspective on the what what what's the joy in, in generosity. And so it's a great videos, great uh, retreat, kind of mini retreat formats to encourage people just, hey, give some thought to this. Um, so it's a wonderful way to uh, open your eyes and individually or as a couple or as a group, small group, to get together and dive into some content. There's no charge for their information. So uh, uh, NCF, we encourage those uh, journeys of generosity or jog type mini retreats. Um, we also have uh, some great new information uh, and, and ways of looking at, at this whole uh, approach. It's called, uh, it's, a, it's really developing a, a giving strategy. So NCF has produced some, uh, a great guidebook, about 18 pages, that any, anyone listening to this program, if they want a copy of a giving strategy guidebook for an individual or a couple to go through, it's a tremendous step-by-step process to think about what are some key principles in giving and um, what what are you passionate about? What do you volunteer? And just, it's a good, thoughtful way of working through together to get some unity and some clarity on where am I, where do I want to go in the next few steps in this uh, part of our life? So we, uh, we have those resources. They can reach out to us and uh, ask for a copy of the uh, generous uh, the giving strategy guidebook um so we we uh, we're excited about that and we're actually yeah. coming with an online version of it it's uh it's in beta test this month uh so there's going to be an online version of that same giving strategy workbook um which uh, will open up the door for people to not have to use the old paper and pencil version very cool yeah and we will add all this to the show notes so people can go and find these links and these resources having gone to a jog, a journey of generosity through generous giving. I can attest it is life-changing, but it is dangerous because you leave there and you're like, all right, I'm ready to empty out my bank account. Let's give everything away. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> you, you have to, you have to leave there and, and have a very real and honest conversation with your family about, uh, what your giving should look like, but an extremely, uh, just beneficial and, and, and it's free. That's the, the best part. You know, you don't have to pay to go to this mini retreat to learn what type of generosity has God truly called us to. Do we have a couple more minutes? I'd love to sh- share a couple of other ways in which business owners can implement giving and generosity in their businesses right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, we we were very active in the these 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 strategies these ways of getting things to flow in businesses, uh, particularly last year when COVID hit. Uh, there's uh, opportunities for businesses to basically they can set up their own donor advised funds <clears throat> for their businesses, and um, and it becomes if you will a common little piggy bank right for employees they can make donations into or just the employer can. And so you're pooling money into a charitable account. And then you can put a committee in your in your business and you can promote it on your website. Not that it's just for the world to see, but it's to share with the world that you have a philanthropic heart and you're giving back. 
So a, a lot of businesses use this way to, to build that culture in their own company to say, hey, here's the things that we care about, whatever, you know, you know, helping kids that are in a bad spot or helping relief, you know, Metropolitan Ministries in Tampa for food, you know, helping people in the homeless uh, challenges in their life. You know, those type of things where you can promote that your company cares about this and and you get a charitable deduction for dropping something into that bucket and and giving that committee at, at your business the, um, the the opportunity to be more engaged in that part of, of the culture of your com- uh, company. And it also opens up the door to when, particularly in businesses, they, they have a relationship with vendors and customers. And when they catch the the fever, right? Oh, wow, Axiom is doing this. And they may want to say, hey, I'd like to make a contribution in that bucket because of the cool things y'all give to them. And, you know, we're part of the Axiom family extended. So that in and of itself is a wonderful uh, way for people to rally around together to do things charitably through the work environment. So that's one way com- companies can infuse that giving momentum in their culture. A parallel way that they may want is it's called a corporate assistance program. That's different. Uh, the first giving uh, account type approach is looking outward, right? You're trying to bless ministries, charities, or whatever in your community out of that charitable account. A corporate assistance program is like a, a helping hands account to help employees that may get into a hard spot, right? Someone may get cancer or get in a car wreck and they need to get special healthcare equipment or something. And, and yet it's a way for us to have each other's back a bit where you may, out of your paycheck, you can make chari- uh, charitably deductible gifts into this um, helping each other account. And then you have there's some parameters around that for you to apply for some assistance if you're in a, a you know a hard spot for those types of situations. So those are both wonderful ways for businesses to incorporate giving to meet the needs, whether it's within the company or in the community around them. That's pretty neat. I've I've heard business uh, friends of of mine who own businesses, and they talk about wanting to get the employees more involved. And, uh, and wanting to be more involved in the community. And I, I can tell you there have been half a dozen or so in the last few years um, of efforts to do this that never just that never kind of took off. Um, and they usually had to do with things like, well, we've we're going to you know, we're going to pick a committee and you guys find things and then bring the request to us. And, you know, we'll write the check or we're going to earmark some money. Uh, and then we're going to put a group of people responsible. But I think, you know, the, the time and attention that's given to it is not nearly as intentional as what you've described, where there is a vehicle, the money is already there, and it is a, it's not earmarked or it's not a request that we've told you tacitly or verbally that, you know, we want, we want to do this, we want to. No, like we've already, we've already given the money. It just hasn't been deployed yet. It hasn't been granted yet. And now we have a grant writing committee as opposed to a suggestion committee, which is a totally different 
uh, feel. So I like the kind of the intentionality and the formality of the process. The other thing is that uh, I have seen a couple of those instances go bad because of exactly what you just described, employees feeling like we are reaching over our own people to bless folks outside the business. And it's hard to take issue with, you know, the, the family uh, on the corner that needs our help. And, you know, we're doing that. But at the same time, these employees that they work alongside and, and maybe go to church with or, or their kids are in baseball leagues together and they're seeing the issues that they're having and being like, well, we can't, well, you know, let's take care of our own first. And so I think both of those are hugely complimentary when it talks to what Cameron was, you know, what Cameron was talking about in terms of building a mindset of generosity. Like we've said, I've always said, uh, there's a stereotype, a Hollywood stereotype of business owners that is like the Gordon Gecko, Scrooge stereotype. Like business owners are these greedy capitalists who take advantage of people. And the only way that you believe that is if you live in a bubble where you don't have any experience with small business owners. Because as a class, they are some of the most generous people you'll ever meet. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that as a business owner, to be successful, you have to make a habit of putting others' needs ahead of your own. Most explicitly, this we see this in terms of like a customer-centric focus. Like I put my customers ahead of myself. and uh, But then you quickly, as the business grows, you determine I can't serve all the customers. So I have to hire some people to help me serve the customers. And I have to help, I have to look, over, look out for those people. So business owners, by and large, I'm not saying there aren't bad apples out there, I'm not saying that greed isn't a thing, but by and large, the business owners that we deal with week in, week out are some of the most generous people that you can imagine. And they really want other people to experience, especially their employees, to experience this joy of giving. But it doesn't seem like there has ever been a, a well-publicized um, group of tools or vehicles or mechanisms to help them do that the same way there are digital marketing agencies to help you get more out of your website and there are hr benefits firms to help you offer better benefits and there are cpas to help you you know be more tax efficient and there are you know consulting firms like us to help you put together strategic plans and grow but where is the group that's going to help me infuse my my team with this idea of generosity that is such an important part of who I am as a business owner. And that's exactly what you're talking about. They don't have to do it alone. They can leverage these groups like Generous Giving or NCF and the materials that you guys provide to actually not just talk about it, but build the structures and have the people inhabit the structures of generosity. Hey, let's make our workforce, our immediate world and our, greater world a better place by uh, fanning the flame for good things to happen as opposed to the contrary yeah well thanks for uh it, th thanks for putting a spotlight on those two particular programs because i think they're they that gives us something to be talking about with businesses today uh, like um, things that you can do today to help move the needle on this Good. Yeah, D David, this has been extremely beneficial and educational. I, I think anybody listening will be able to leave this podcast with at least one, but probably several ideas of how they can grow in their own generosity and then potentially, you know, if they're a business owner, how they can get their business more involved in being generous. So extremely helpful just from that standpoint. Um, we'll go ahead and, and start to wrap this up. Would love for you to stay uh, for a little bit and, and talk after the show, uh, just some follow-up questions and uh, want to hear just some 
you know, maybe some of the craziest gifts that you guys have received through NCF. Um, cause I'm sure there are some, but, uh, but yeah, thanks again, just for taking the time, telling us more about NCF and all the solutions available, uh, to people. And it's just been, it's been a pleasure, uh, just talking with you and catching up. That's been great. Thanks for having us. And we just, um, what you would, you all are helping business owners grow and plan and prosper. And we, uh, we want them to uh, do it, their giving side and uh, changing their communities and just their own families through uh, wiser philanthropy and giving. We're, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. So b- before we end the official show, if you could let everybody know, maybe if, if they're interested in talking more about this, how do they get a hold of you? What do they do? Uh, what website do they go to? Absolutely. Well, our office in the Tampa Bay region, for those listeners that are um, in this part of Florida, uh, feel free to give us a call. Our our office number is area code 813-567-1499. That's 813-567-1499. And uh, you can ask for me, David Parsley or Andrew Prilliman or... Steve Ravenna or Barrett Schwartz, our four relationship managers, we'd be honored to uh, start uh, any conversations or answer any questions. And from a website perspective, you're encouraged to go to uh, NCF and then the word giving.com. So NCFgiving.com. I'll get to our uh, national website and get ready to learn, grow, and uh, there's a whole section. For those that want to just get a weekly inoculation of encouragement and good stories, they can go to ncfgiving.com slash stories, put in their email address, and you get a, one of our best publications comes Saturday morning. So we're very creative in how we name things at NCF. Our foundation is a very complicated name, National <laughs> <laughs> and our and our weekly uh, email is called NCF Saturday Seven, so uh, it's seven things that are in this uh, weekly digest that will really be an encouragement and educate some folks on some points or just inspire people on stories of people being generous and how around the world, not just in our backyard. That's awesome. awesome. I'm, sign, I'm signing up right now. So I'm <laughs> I'm all about good news on Saturday morning. That sounds fantastic. It, it is a winner. I, I read it every Saturday morning. It's one of our best publications. Great. Well, thank you, David. It's been a pleasure. We'll uh, we'll stick around and talk a little bit more. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Axiom Podcast. question I have, well, I don't, I don't know if it's a question more of, I, I know of Alan Barnhart and he's kind of the poster child of being a generous business owner. So real quick, tell a little bit of his story, what he's done with his business. Cause I think this is super interesting and he's done it through NCF, which is fascinating. And, uh, and I'll, I'll put, he's got a lot of cool videos out there. I'll put one of those videos, a uh, link to it in the show notes, but yeah, tell tell us tell us about Alan and and what he's doing. Yeah, Alan's uh, remarkable. He and his brother, um, his, his parents had this small construction related business, and he graduated I think from Vanderbilt, and um, <clears throat> he was really uh, uh, a young man at the time, as we all were when we graduated. <laughs> um, 
but he uh, really had grown in his faith and understood from scripture um, the perils of wealth. <laughs> um, he's obviously a talented guy, and uh, but early on, he had that sense about him that before things take off, um, I want to I want to handle this properly. So his parents were obviously you know, getting up there in years, as all parents do. And they they wanted to uh, sell the this small little business to Alan and his brother. And so Alan and his brother entered into this business and you know on the kitchen table and this Matt said, you know what, before we even get going, we're we're committing this company to the Lord. And we we don't want this to be just all about us and growing wealth. We want to start doing things wisely so that we don't get trapped into that. We want to provide for our families, but we don't want to go so far down. You know, we want to put up barrier, you know, proper guardrails. So they quickly in their in their early careers, uh, they set up or they 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 got connected to MCF, and they gave a portion of their business right from the get-go and the company wasn't worth that much then but you know they continued to grow and and do things well and over time they kept giving chunks and chunks of their business to us you know to hold and so the proceeds that you know the profits pro pro rata were flowing into their giving fund and they they were still earning a salary and, you know, the, the business was the business, right? But they, um, to say the least, they have a very modest lifestyle. Um, but yet they have a exponentially multi-million dollar company grew out of this. It's called Barnhart Crane. And they do these massive moves like the space shuttle or bridges or being <laughs> moved in sections, you know, one inch at a time and with the Barnhart crane logo on these massive pieces of equipment, moving things. Right. So they, uh, they gain an expertise and they, they've grown internationally. And over time they've given a hundred percent of their business to NCA. Wow. They still earn a salary. Their company is on fire. They are able to give away million over a million dollars a month <laughs> out of their donor advice fund that they have committees all around the, this company wrapped around. That's some serious donor advice fund there. <laughs> um, because the proceeds, the profits of this company are flowing because we're charitable. So even the tax code is driving that company's success, right? Because hmm. The proceeds, the distributions that flow out of the profits of that company are not being taxed like a regular company, right? Because charity owns now all of it. Hmm. So it's it's given them much more cash on hand as a business to acquisition, to grow, to expand, invest, and to do R&D and all that stuff. So they are just massively growing and serving and their company is just, the culture is just crazy because they're all, every office, they have these committees and everyone goes to work, say, I don't want to just be excellent at, at handling these complex projects of, of moving massive equipment and all the complexities and project management skills, all the things, engineering that goes into that. But they also say at the end of the day, we are driving great charity around this world and making a difference overseas and in the U.S. So 
it's a it's an amazing story yeah a million dollars a month that's incredible so uh, yeah that's, that's quite the story and I'll, I'll post a link to a video that just talks more about what alan and and his family's doing through uh through barnhart crane but um yeah really fascinating story so tell us some of the you know maybe crazier or some of the you know weird gifts that ncf has received from people over the years um well kind of one of the craziest ones that we refer to it um there are eccentric people out there as we all know we've heard stories there was this american that uh, when the soviet union was breaking up and uh, in the 80s you know gorbachev and all the the uh, curtain was coming down all this uh, there was this american guy that uh said ah this is an opportunity so he bought these uh, russian trains locomotives um on on the cheap <laughs> so he had these assets he had these uh trains shipped to the u.s and he got them and dusted them off whatever you do with locomotives right <laughs> And, and he didn't do his due diligence because the the rails and the width of of a train in Russia different than the rails and the widths in the U.S. <laughs> so guess who had a worthless asset, asset unless he wanted it not to move, right? Right. So, so someone, someone connected him to NCF, and I mean this is a totally off the wall thing, right? But it's an asset. It was worth a well. It's worth less than he paid for it, right? Lost <laughs> value because it didn't have much value. But it was it, it obtained a, a qualified appraisal, right, to establish a value, and that substantiated when they gave it to NCF. And so he was able to take a deduction off of this asset. What <laughs> he had hoped it would be, but the proceeds of the sale of that asset flowed into his giving fund. So if you have some locomotives laying around, right. you're and, trying to be charitable. And you don't want to start a Russian train museum. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, the Mo Moscow of Tampa Bay, or I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to take any jabs at, at bad humor with that one. But that, that's, uh, we, we get some crazy, I mean, we've had um, uh, gifts locally. If someone just had these super valuable Tiffany lamps, uh, uh, sitting in their homes, they inherited, and is, yeah, you know, you don't want to give something that's worth fifty bucks. Then, yeah, it's you know, if something is got substantial value, but otherwise, there's there's a lot of uh, places that take, uh, you know, whatever cars and other things like that. They're geared for that. That's not our bailiwick, right? But we've had some substantial families that have these crazy assets that they do want help on to uh, dispose of. Um, so that's that. That's those are a couple of funny ones that uh, that, that I've heard. Okay. Um, anyway, in particular, you want to end the after show, or we usually just say we're done. <laughs> I don't think we have a standard way for doing it. No, it was, okay. I, I would say. How about, um, how about this? How about uh, uh, you can do it in a matter of minutes while we're on the on the phone. You can say. Axiom has opened up an NCF giving fund. <laughs> 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 like a true relationship manager. <laughs> you, yeah. Uh, 
you can follow this link that's on the, the, the show notes to make a contribution because here are the charities at Axiom give oh. back. Salesman at heart, ABC, <laughs> always be closing. <laughs> I will, uh, I have zero problem with that. I mean, I, and I'll just say like one of the things that, uh, there's two things that me and my wife have been passionate about and, and that the business gives to, you know, as, as kind of a business partner. One is, um, marriages, you know, like we, we went through, uh, the ups and downs of a new business owner uh, in myself who was paying a lot more attention to the business than he was to his marriage. And, uh, and it created a whole host of, of problems that we had to work through and, and reached out to an organization called Marriage and Family Works uh, that's based here in Bradenton and, um, and just met some extraordinary individuals, Don and Angie Powers, who who founded that organization out of their own commitment to marriages after coming through a difficult time and have a fantastic story. And we basically said, if we're going to give money um, from something, let's give, let's give to something that we believe is super foundational to the health of families, to the health of society that really is committed to getting uh, marriages creating legacy marriages that kids can see as great examples and and then go forth and do likewise. And then the other is a a small group called Parenting Matters. It was actually started by um, the Exchange Club. And their whole premise is uh, parents, there's no parenting manual. You alluded to it earlier. Um, You know, the James Dobson uh, and, and, and all the successors of that growing kids God's way. And, you know, these are things that are kind of periphery and that parenting education, um, kind of like marriage counseling has a stigma attached to it and parenting matters, um, basically doesn't make any assumptions that you know what you're doing as the parent of a toddler, you know, or an infant, you know, or, or an adolescent. And they've got people who are just basically coaches who come into your home and say, what are you dealing with? And it's funny, like I was on the board of directors of that organization and we had a precocious uh, five-year-old or four or five-year-old at the time. And we were both like, what, what do we do? And I was like, let's call Parenting Matters. And we had a great coach come out to our house and got to know our family and just gave us some, one, like the assurance that you're not crazy. Like you're not, it's, you're not a terrible parent. Um, it's going to get better. There's light at the end of the tunnel. But here are also some things that, um, some like basic step one, step two, step three tools and tactics and tips and tricks that will make a difference. And so we support both of those organizations. And I'll tell you that one of the biggest things that resonated with me about your thing was um, like the, you said the bill paying part, you know, and the taxes and well, you know, that that's gone back and forth between my wife. There was a time when she had a ton of stuff on her plate and she was doing all that stuff. And I said, Hey, do you want me to take this over? And she said, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. You know, if you could take that load off and I paid bills for one month and I was like, this is insane. You know, I'm like, like writing checks and like logging into websites. And so I called everybody from the power company to, you know, the, the lawn guy. And I was like, what do we have to do to get on auto pay? And so, you know, we're on auto pay for just about everything, but, um, these organizations, like we're cutting individual checks every month and we're doing it, you know, kind of automated third party means. But I do love the idea of having a centralized place where the money goes in and the money comes out of, and there's one vendor 
in the company checking account that we have to worry about keeping track of. Everything else can be handled through the, the donor advice fund. So uh, sign us up. I'm gonna, uh, what I'll do is I'll have Carrie Luster, uh, who's our firm admin, I'll have her reach out to you and go through the process to get that set up. And uh, by all means, if you're listening to this and you feel like marriages or parenting education resonates with you and you wanna be a part of what we're doing, We'll put a link in the show notes when this goes live where you can make a contribution too. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, we, we hope it multiplies. Um, marriages, parents, children. Uh, as, as the old saying goes, and I'll butcher it, we only have every 20 years we have the opportunity to retain civilization and <laughs> raising our kids and launching them is uh, such an important part of that. So. I, I love what your, uh, you and your wife like to support, Joey. So keep it going. Awesome. Thanks. 